Welcome to the Flex Success Podcast, where we teach you how to be less shit. Covering all things science relating to nutrition, training, recovery, and more. Who knows, we might even sprinkle in a dick joke or two. <laughs> Welcome back to the Flex Success Podcast, everybody. We are here to teach you how to be less shit about a particular topic today. As always, I'm joined by Liz. Hello, everyone. Co-host, world life extraordinaire <laughs> of awesomeness. Thank you. That makes sense, right? What a title. Uh, we're going round two today. It is round two. We filmed this a few days ago now uh, to be released on Monday, as always, and we sent it to the lady who edits our podcast, and she's like, um... She was like, Struth, Ruth. Struth, Ruth. Her name is Ruth. There seems to be a problem with the audio, and there was a serious problem with the audio. So I'm pretty sure we may have recorded it underwater. It sounded like it. So 2.0, let's go again. What is today's topic, Dean? Do you remember? Yeah. What? Do you need to track macros? Do you need to track macros? Specifically to obviously make some sort of change to your physique. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to say specific to body composition, not to performance, right? Body composition, yep. yeah. So do you need to track macros in order to manipulate your body composition? To gain muscle or lose fat. And go. No. Thanks cool. for listening, Thanks for everyone. Yep. Good podcast. You know what? We were too quick there because we've done this before. We have the same jokes. We may have just doubled down on the same joke at once. <laughs> anyway. Uh, like all questions uh, in this field, the answer is it depends. Let's give it some context. Yes, sometimes, no, at other times. A super annoying answer. But we're going to kind of unpick when it might be helpful to track macros, when it's definitely not helpful um, and, and maybe some in-betweens, mm-hmm. hashtag informed eating. Ooh, life after diving hashtag also. Yes. But before we get there, maybe I'll fill everyone in on what's going on with Flex Success. There's nothing too exciting going on in our personal lives. No well, one. I remember yesterday I told everybody that I was really happy with my tan. Oh. Well, that was my update. Yes. I just remembered. <laughs> Do you have to track macros episode one? <laughs> Dean's update was that he has a good tan. I'm impressed with my tan at the moment, yeah. I've been putting in the hard yards. You know? <laughs> what a shit update. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> no one gives a shit about your hand. Look, if anybody knows me personally, they know I'm a white boy. White boy. White. And um, I'm quite white. You are quite white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I laugh like Muttley. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's it. That was my update. Whatever. Sick update. Let's well, not- I mean, every time I update, I'm just going to be like, so I'm 10 weeks out from contest today. But Dean, it's like some... That's all I've got going on in my life, Liz. It's not. I'm a, I'm a fucking bodybuilder. I'm savage. That's all I do. It's the only interesting thing in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm actually listening to the book Chaos. That's it. There you go. Which is about, um, I was going to say Marilyn Manson, but it's not. I've just gone blank. Charles Manson. Damn. The convicted serial killer, but not actually the person who killed people. Okay. But rather the orchestrator. Mm-hmm. Super interesting book. It's called Chaos. I came across because of Joe Rogan had um, uh, Quentin Tarantino on his movie, something uh, like something about Hollywood or something. I can't remember the movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's called. Has a part of it is about the, uh, right. the Manson murders. And you heard about the book there. You're doing the audiobook version, mm-hmm. which I know because you used one of my audiobook credits. I did. You're welcome. Uh, and it's like, what, 15 hours or something? I think it's like, yeah, 16 Jeez. or 17 hours. I have a seven it's hour. It's a 20 year book. What do you mean? The dude started to research Charles Manson to do a 5,000 word expose in a news article, mm-hmm. which got delayed for years. Mm-hmm. Then he lost that. Mm-hmm. Then he just basically 
like made his entire life about this book and the, trying to figure out what the fuck was going on back then. And uh, it was a 20-year research project. And what's the conclusion, Ben? Uh, there was a lot of intertwined, weird, shady shit relating to parole officers, ma'am, Charles Manson and his hippie group, him being the orchestrator of murders, LSD, um, the Beach Boys, music publicists, rich people in Hollywood. It sounds complicated. The CIA. Mm. It's fucking wild. It's chaos. It's just, Ca- it's absolute like, is- chaos. It sounds chaotic. But uh, to update you with what's going on with Flex Success, because we don't really care about Dean's 10. <laughs> in Okay, so this comes out on Monday, which is two days from the day we're recording. Okay, so well, we hope it does. Well, we hope, we hope we're the assuming, audio we're is assuming, okay. No, we're also assuming that Ruth can get it done. We'll see. Maybe it'll come out Tuesday. Anyways, uh, by the time this is published, there will be either exactly two weeks or just short of two weeks that the Flex Success Cut, Gain, Maintain e-course goes live. Mm. For those of you who follow Flex closely, we've mentioned it a couple of times on that page. We haven't pumped it too hard. Yeah. And I've mentioned it a few times on my page. Um, I also held some free online masterclasses to whet the whistle. They were a banger. They were a banger. We had like 60, 67 people on, on the Wednesday night and about 30-odd in the, on the Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, look, Saturday morning wasn't as popular. But yeah, nearly, Everyone was out in fresh nearly bread and butter, 70 like people on Wednesday night. That was a lot. It was really cool. It's a lot of pressure, guys. A lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I just tried to hair flick and it went all over my face. Mm. Uh, but yes, so the, the topic of the four-week online course is how to cut, gain, maintain, understanding your individual needs. Because we know that, look, one-on-one coaching is great. Reading eBooks, listening to podcasts, all that stuff is awesome to get a general understanding of you know, what it is you need to do. And obviously one-on-one coaching gives you very specific plans, but the course is going to teach you the fundamental principles that you need to know in order to be your own guide as your goals change. Because maybe you want to spend the next, I don't know, year or two years gaining muscle, but you can't gain forever. Maybe you want to do a cut at some stage. Or even someone as simple as who's maybe been with a coach before, got some results. Did the old isogenics lost ten kilos in ten weeks, and doesn't know why it happened. Mm, not this is going to this is going to like give them some idea of the theoretical reasons as to why, but then more importantly, gives them some application not only to how to engage it again, but potentially sustain that long term. Actually, so there's as I mentioned four weeks, and each week there's a handful of video lessons. What Dean you just spoke about is week one video one. <laughs> That's what I explained right from the get go. Didn't even set this up. How all? No, we didn't. How all diets work. Um, why some diets might not work and how we gain and, and lose weight and maintain weight. And from there, we go through all sorts of useful subtopics to help people put that into practice. Mm. And part of that may be about the, the benefits of tracking macros. Yes, exactly. That's what I thought we'd talk about today. So today's topic, do we need to track macros? You already said no. No. That's it, guys. Same joke again. Don't worry about doing the course then. <laughs> um, okay. Some context. No, you definitely don't have to track. That's for sure. No, I mean, there's some people who are shredded or have a lot of muscle mass who don't track macros. I'm even really sure what a calorie is. Well, okay, let's start at the beginning then. Let, who, who doesn't need to track tomorrow? Well, the people that definitely should not track is somebody who has like obsessive behaviors and macro tracking could mask or exacerbate those excessive behaviors. Mm-hmm. For those people, no. For people who so have... So we're talking like anorexia, bulimia, maybe orthorexia. 
Um, not necessarily bulimia, maybe orthorexia. For those of you that aren't sure what orthorexia is, it's the obsessive compulsion to avoid foods that you think are unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of food anxiety and a lot of tying your morality to food. You know, this food is good, this food is bad. If I eat good food, I am good. If I eat bad food, mm-hmm. I am bad. I'm worthless as a person if I, that, that's a, that's the gist of orthorexia. So, I mean, you could track macros as someone who has orthorexia. Um, but perhaps if you have the misunderstanding of what it means to have a nutritious, well-balanced diet, mm-hmm. that maybe honing in on tracking things to the, the minutiae also is it potentially ideal. Yeah, but Maybe I'm, it's the mindset that I think I'm, I'm associating with more so. Maybe. I mean, it's not necessarily going to exacerbate orthorexia because mm-hmm. you're just fitting your quote-unquote clean food into macros, but it could also help someone with orthorexia in the Ooh. sense that you, you know, eat all the food that you typically eat and you're like, hey, I still have 300 calories remaining what's the harm in 300 calories of chocolate? You know, so it could, it could help somebody understand that they can reach their goals and eat quote unquote bad food, mm-hmm. which is a term that I absolutely hate, but we all know what I mean when I say it, can eat a bit of chocolate um, and, yeah. and reach goals. Yeah, so stepping away from the food oriented ones, even somebody who's, yeah, like you said, obsessive compulsive, mm-hmm. can't let go of like being out by one gram yeah, all that kind of stuff has to weigh everything. Not necessarily. Not, not the right person, or the maybe not the right the right person at the right time for that particular person. Right. To track macros. The tool of macro tracking isn't appropriate for that person right now. Anyone else? Yeah, somebody who has the shittiest movement and nutrition habits. That tracking macros is just super unhelpful and unnecessary because what they're likely to do is just fit the shitty food into a calorie target, which is entirely missing the point. Um, now, if somebody's eating leftover pizza for breakfast and just like greasy burgers for lunch and they're just eating for pleasure they're just eating for convenience macro tracking isn't going to be helpful because we know that maybe you can just swap one of those meals for a chicken salad maybe you can just swap your full sugar pepsis exactly for something else drink a bit more water like there's some basic things you can do to make a huge impact on your health your energy your calorie consumption therefore your body fat levels so we're going to say, like, if you're somebody who's currently not a runner, instead of going and getting a sprint coach, mm-hmm. maybe just learn how to jog first. Right, exactly. I like that analogy. That's good. So macro tracking is inappropriate for those people that we just discussed. Yeah, Obsessive, sure. compulsive, have a super shitty diet that, you know, you can just make a few changes. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if somebody has absolutely no idea of what their individual needs are to reach a goal, um, or absolutely no idea of what foods have what calories in it. Is salmon a good source of fat or is it a good source of protein? What about eggs? Like, should we be eating nuts for protein? The answer is no, by the way. If people have these questions uh, and they're not sure how foods fit within their individual needs, they would be the perfect candidate to track macros. Because what that is going to do, that process is going to teach them What foods are calorie dense or not calorie dense? What foods keep them fuller for fewer calories? Or if you're trying to gain weight, what foods help you get all the calories in without feeling super stuffed? Um, You know, what foods actually are good sources of protein and what are good sources of carbs? And, Mm. you know, so. Well, this is going back to that orthorexia comment that you uh, corrected me on before, which is good. I didn't correct you. No, no, no. I feel like I added to it. No, no, no. Let's not make that. I didn't mean it that way. But what I meant was 
uh, I said perhaps not a good idea for them. And you said, well, it could actually be advantageous right. to teach them. And this would be one of those instances in that they're like, oh, but salmon's the greatest fish ever. Mm, it's but healthy. what they don't realise, or they're having salmon with the skin on and they're adding olive oil and then they're having a quinoa, <laughs> quinoa salad with avocado and like yeah. all of these hyper, hyper calorie uh, dense foods. Mm. Um, so someone like that, they're going to quickly learn, oh, I wasn't losing weight on my quote unquote clean diet because it was calorifically terrific. Calorifically oh, yeah, terrific. I don't know how I feel about that, Dean. Terrifically calorific. <laughs> yeah, so it can, just to extend and not correct, um, it can teach people that there's a difference between food that is healthy and food that is lower in calories or good for fat loss goals. Mm. Because salmon, healthy. Avocado, healthy. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by healthy is like packed full of micronutrients. Yeah, and the other thing too, like some of these foods people don't realise that the serving size that you're naturally predisposed to go for is large. Yeah. You know, so like um, avocado, most people will comfortably slice that avocado in half and then put half that, half that avocado on their toast. Yep. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. You just banged in 200 calories of fat. Like that was super easy to do. Yeah. And that's only one portion of the breakfast. So yeah, it's a, it's a teaching tool in these instances, which is great. If someone's having a 300 gram steak, which isn't unusual, if we're going for a lean steak, call it 15 grams of fat before you add oils and butters and, and sauces and whatnot. If we're going for salmon, what's salmon, 16% fat? Well, it depends where it's from, 30, but up to 20. Yeah, so that's nearly a 300 gram steak of salmon is just doing quick math in my head, like 45, 50 grams of fat. Whenever you say quick math, I think of like... Oh, that song? Man's big, not hot. Big what? Oh, it doesn't matter. Big shack. Big shack, yeah. Big shack. <laughs> Man's not hot. One <laughs> plus one equals two. Quick math. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't remember what I was saying there. Uh, you're talking about the serving right. size of salmon and the fact that you could have a 15 grams worth of fat from a steak if you had the equivalent amount of salmon, you're potentially tripling down on that. Exactly. Well, you're not pretend you are. You are tripling down. Yeah. Um, Probably less likely to have a 300 gram piece of salmon because most of the salmon is a sort of portion control to like 150 to 200. Okay. But then what you'll also realize then is that you potentially undershoot protein. Yes, exactly. So either way, you're going to learn some shit. We're, we're not saying salmon is bad. Eat salmon. It's a very good source of fats. But yeah. we're just saying <laughs> that we need to know that it is high in fats so that we can tailor the food in our other meals accordingly. Yeah, because flying blind into a weight loss or weight gain journey will not afford you the opportunity of repetition of success. Tell me which this thing. what we were talking about before. I was saying, like, this will teach you that if you lost X kilos by doing X behaviors and counting these macros, mm -hmm. if you want to repeat that again another time, because mm -hmm. for whatever reason you fell off the bandwagon, that's cool. You now know from a numbers perspective and understanding of nutrition that you can just repeat that process. Whereas if you or I just said to the person, here's the diet and the diet included salmon and included like a whole bunch of healthful food or healthy food, uh, they would have no idea about why they were in there. Um, or how to portion control them and then they'll miss out on the opportunity of repetition of success. Because all they were doing is following your meal plan. Yeah. Yeah. So are you getting, are you saying that, are you making the point here that informed eating can be done eventually? Uh, I wasn't, but it can. Okay. Mm. My point was that the learning process of learning how to track macros allows you the opportunity of repetition of success because you now understand your goals. Like we came into the start of, I think this number two, that if you go in blind without any understanding of your individual needs, then you have no opportunity of understanding why the result, whatever that may be, positive or negative, is good. Mm, okay. Yeah, and, and so if somebody uh, puts the time and effort into understanding their individual needs and what foods fit within that needs via macro counting, it's not that they have to count forever. It's not like 
you know, maybe they want to do a second cut a year or two years from now, they have to go back to macro counting. If you want to be very accurate, do that. But you've already learnt what you need to learn about food. You understand portion sizes more. Mm. You understand what foods fit within your needs, what foods keep you full for fewer calories, all of those things. And you can shift to what we call informed eating, which the first Flex Success book is all about. It's called Life After Dieting, A Guide to Informed Eating. And you don't have to pick up the food diary again. You can just swap rice for potato, potato mm. for pumpkin, banana for apple, apple for strawberries. Like you, you know the scale of calories and then you can just swap out your fruits, swap out your carbs according to the direction you want to pull your calories. Yeah, this was one of the parts of your masterclass. I think it would have been a big eye-opening experience for individuals and in that you talked about low, ed- low energy density foods versus high energy density and then high micronutrient density and so on, right? Mm-hmm. And that you just casually went through that you can go from sweet potato to white potato to pumpkin. And what people aren't realizing is you're saying, I can eat the same amount somewhat from sweet potato to white potato to pumpkin, but I would be uh, linearly decreasing calories every time I swap that food out for the same amount. Mm. So eating the same amount of volume of food, feeling just as satiated from a fullness perspective, but eating less calories. Mm-hmm. The only way you know that you can do that is if you've, macro if you've understood why, why that's possible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. I think like um, we spoke about this the other day too. This might be one of the points and I think you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong again or add to it. Which one you prefer. <laughs> um, was that, without having this information available to you as well, you could just go way too hard on the dieting process. Yeah. Or, you know, conversely to that, or inversely, no, conversely. Yeah, conversely to that, you could um, go way too hard on the bulk mm. and just get on that, you know, permabulk. <laughs> Hashtag bulk life. Again, because you're completely unaware. Yeah, so somebody could go from kind of eating whatever they want or only keeping a loose eye on things to just going to non-starchy vegetables and lean protein, and that's all they're eating. And so then they feel super hungry because the, the symptoms of dieting are exacerbated because their calories are so low. They feel super restricted, super hungry that we see this cycle all the time. People snap and have a cheat meal or a cheat day, maybe it might even turn into two cheat days and go back to being hyper restricted to kind of compensate for or punish themselves for this binge that they had. And then this restriction binge cycle continues. Mm. Now, if we have an understanding of our calorie needs, we know that we don't need to go that hard. We know we don't need to be absolutely starving right from the beginning or ever, depending on how lean you want to get. Um, And we want to be dieting or losing fat on the maximum amount of calories that we can because we're reducing the symptoms of dieting, like fatigue and lack of concentration. Satiety, we just talked about. Yeah, hunger management. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Because like you were just saying too, like the length of the dieting, but also the severity of the calorie deficit in a cut perspective is going to exacerbate the negative side effects associated with diet. Mm. So if you go into this completely blind, you do just do the non-starch cruciferous vegetable type sort of diet with lean proteins and you're 2,000 calories in the red of a deficit and you don't even know it, you're really quickly going to come unstuck. Whereas if you were aware of what you could put in your mouth to facilitate a a sufficient amount of uh, a deficit, then you likely are going to feel relatively satisfied. Mm. So like, I'll draw a parallel quickly with my contest prep. Like, Admittedly, I'm on a lot of food compared to what a lot of people probably can eat and lose fat. But for whatever reason, I can eat a, a, a somewhat higher calorie per kilogram ratio of you know how much I can eat in my body weight. But the point being is, is that I can choose foods now and I also am eating an appropriate deficit to lose an appropriate amount of weight loss of fat at the rate that we need to achieve an appropriate goal um, without me having to pull a bunch of calories and feel super, super hungry. So like, I want more food because who doesn't? 
but I'm actually pretty satiated from a fullness and hunger perspective 90% of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it really doesn't bother me that much. But it's only because we're coming at this with an informed approach to, to fat loss. Yeah. So you're doing comp prep. Therefore, you need to be very specific and you need to weigh your fruits and your veggies and your sauces. Whereas somebody who just has a loose goal to lose a little bit of weight, they might have a little bit more freedom to just weigh the very calorie dense things like mm. peanut butter and oils or something like that. And they could kind of eyeball fruits and veg. But again, how would they know to do that? Yeah, exactly. How would you know what foods are important to keep a close eye on and then a loose eye on? Hmm. I suppose what we're getting at here a is... A close eye on and a far away eye on. Eye on? <laughs> well, an As eye... in ion exchange? No, not ion exchange. Sorry. As in protons and <laughs> neutrons. <laughs> um, you know, I lost my own train of thought by being a dickhead just then. So you serves me right. What were you saying? Obviously nothing important, Dean. It's true. Story of my life. Obviously nothing. No, what I was going to say actually was that this is what we're sort of highlighting. It kind of sounds like we're pushing towards the uh, you should track perspective, but I don't think that is the case, but rather we're just highlighting the advantages of at least learning the skill of tracking so that long-term you may not have to. Look, you know? I... Look, but, I'm, but I'm the not, point, sorry, the point yeah. I was going to get is that this is just simply a tool. You know? Yeah. You um, used the, the analogy the other day, and I do remember this, is that like, you know, the right tool for the right job to seal Broderick's term. Mm-hmm. And yours was you know, a hammer is great to put a nail in the wall, but it's terrible to add, put contacts in. Yeah, in right. Eyes, you know? Yeah. It's so like there's nothing wrong with the tool itself, e.g. tracking, but rather give the wrong tool to the wrong person. It's potentially, you know. Or the bad. wrong time for that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, intuitive eating principles have a, uh, an advantage to certain individuals at certain times. Tracking macros will have an advantage at certain times, just like both of them will potentially have disadvantages at the wrong time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Right tool, right job. Right tool, right job. Exactly. Do you think that I could use a hammer to insert the contact lenses into my eyeballs? I absolutely think you could, to be honest. You'd want to. You'd obviously want to clean the, the face of that, but he would just put the the contact on the tip. The bit. The, the that, which part? The con. The convex side. The part that pulls a nail out of the wall. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'd put it on the flat side. Oh, would you? I'd put the so it's so that when you're going under the eyeball, it's just flat on. Just like a finger, really. Like, is this not just a hammer? And anybody that's listening and not watching, I'm just pointing my finger at the screen. No, is that not a hammer? <laughs> I mean, I reckon I could. You reckon you could jab a nail into a wall with your finger? <laughs> I actually think I may have seen that on Guinness World Records. That's absolutely ridiculous. There is, um, there's a guy who literally, I'm pretty sure, has just gone bang and like fingered a nail into the wall. Interesting, Dean. Very mm. interesting. What the fuck yeah. is wrong with that guy? Um, let's wrap it up with a how to be less shit tip. I have one if you don't. Go for it. My how to be less shit tip in line with today's discussion was to not have a dichotomous way of thinking about a particular nutrition protocol, whether that be macro tracking or clean eating or paleo, although we probably can say that nobody should eat a paleo diet or keto. Look, I would say that... Not the traditional paleo diet. (laughs) The the modified modern paleo diet where you're allowed to like apparently have like coconut fucking processed processed uh, protein bars because they have the ingredients of a paleo diet. <laughs> Anyways, so, point being, we don't want to be thinking of any approach to health or body weight management or body composition change as good or bad, mm. but rather in the context of where you're at. Is it helpful for you at this point in time? Yeah. 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 Our, and then, um, our dog, by the way, I don't know if you guys can hear him in this microphone. There's no chance that they can. Oh, really? He's no. going off his head. <laughs> I think he wants to get sunbaked. Can we put pause on this? 
And I'm back. Turns out the door closed on him and he was just crying to come inside. What terrible parents. Absolutely. The, the wind closed the door on me. <laughs> um, okay, so that's my left shit tip. And then we're going to move to Would You Rather, Dean. Mm. Do you want me to ask you for Would You Rather? Uh, i got a juicy one. Sure. Better not be one that I gave you this morning. <laughs> I was going to. No, that's all right. I don't mind. I'll do that one. Okay, Dean thought of this Would You Rather this morning. He, we, we haven't answered it though, so... Would you rather make out with one of your parents for 60 seconds, like full tongue? I'm assuming you mean my mother. Well, one of, I don't know, you can choose your dad if oh, you yeah. want. Right. Would you choose your mum? Well, I already decided I'm going for the other one, so. Oh, just finish okay. it off. <laughs> or date someone for six months and sex is involved in this dating process and then find out they're your full-blooded first cousin. That one. That one. Yeah. It would be embarrassing, but you can at least end it before... You do the dirty again. But you've already had sex with them. Yeah, I know, but you're either, okay, this is what you're choosing is. You're either consciously deciding to make out with your parents, knowing full well what you're doing, or you've just had a fucking great time for six months and then you're mortified by what you have done. <laughs> you know? Let me ask you this question. Why is it wrong? It's only wrong if you go back and do it again. But why is it wrong at all? They're not your brother. No, but they're pretty close from a DNA perspective because we're talking about like it's First it's your mum's sister's daughter. Not close enough though because some cultures marry their cousins and there doesn't seem to be any interbreeding issues with their children because cousins are still oh, far yeah. away enough. Yeah, but I mean... Is it a social construct that we just believe it's wrong? Well, I mean, it's probably a social construct that it's weird to find your own family member unattractive or attractive. Because, oh. like, really, like, okay, so let's put it this way, right? The Aztecs used to get it on with their brothers and sisters. Well, I was going to say, let's just say I'm separated at birth from my sister. Uh -huh. That doesn't exist. Yeah. And then 25 years down the track, she sees me and goes, fucking hell, he's weird looking. And yeah. I say, you're hot. Uh, you thought I was going to go the other yeah, way. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And then we get it on. Like, it's, we wouldn't know that we're brother and sister. We've just been attracted to the physical state of that human being. I think it's the fact that you know that they're your brother and sister that you think it's it's... Well, no, what about like hashtag pheromones? Wouldn't she not be as attracted to your scent and stuff? It would probably depend on hormonal status, her menstrual cycle, where she's at, whether or not I've got a beard or not. Like all of those things would come into play. Mm. Do you remember that cool as fuck study? I do remember that cool as fuck study. Um, all the ladies that have been on birth control hate their husbands because they get off it because their <laughs> hormones are no longer fucked with. Damn. Mm. What a shame. Don't find a partner. That was a take home from that. Don't go seeking a uh, long-term partner if you are on birth control. Explain. Well, that was, that was essentially, oh man, this was years ago. I remember listening to this driving a camera from Sydney. I was saying that essentially because you're altering the hormonal status of yourself over time, that your preferences in men will change because of those hormones. It changes also with a menstrual cycle in the absence of birth control depending on where you're at in the cycle, whether you're seeking somebody to make a baby with or be protected or all that sort of stuff. But basically the long and short of it was is that the women would be attracted to a certain smell of a T-shirt of their partner while on the birth control. And then when they took them off their birth control. They were no longer attracted to the same scent and their attractions changed. And then what they started to look into the research, this is, uh, you'd have to say correlative and more um, observational though, was that uh, women off birth control tend to have a higher divorce rate and seek other men. Hmm. So it's like they get to that sort of, you know, peri post menopause state off their birth control, no longer require it. All of a sudden they're like, he's not even attractive anymore. Because hmm. hmm. their preferences change because they're no longer. Yeah, so it's kind of like wearing like, um, you know, 
different coloured glasses while you meet somebody than taking those glasses off and realising they're actually ugly as fuck. I beer goggles. It's called beer goggles. Beer goggles. It's fucking beer goggles, yeah. But mm. to do with people's scent. <laughs> mm. Super interesting shit. Mm, that is interesting. Mm. Um, now, guys, if you're interested in learning more about the Cut, Gain, Maintain course, because maybe you want to know more about your individual needs or what foods fit within those needs, all of the little subtopics that come into having a successful cut and gain. We're going to talk about all sorts of things and you can check out the curriculum from the link in bio on our Instagram page, either my personal page or the Flex Success. Um, or even mine. Or yours. Okay, yeah. that's true. We all have it's called quick links if you're looking for it. Quick links. It's just the link in bio, guys. Or from the website, there's a button that says like courses, memberships and masterclasses or something. And yeah, I think just, it's also on the homepage. Yeah, click, click through to there. It's not on the homepage. But it probably yeah. should be. Maybe I should put it on the homepage. Probably put a ban on So it. you can check out the curriculum. Uh, it goes live August 9, so mm -hmm. two weeks from the release of this podcast. And there are limited spots. Currently, it is, last I checked two days ago, about 75% full. So uh, if you want to join, do it soon. And if you want a discount code, a, a, a. shall we give the discount code? Fuck yeah. All right. <clears throat> it's CGM, which stands for Cut, Gain, Maintain, 25, because it gives you 25% off. And so- Four-week course. Four-week course. There'll be video lessons. There's going to be downloadable PDFs to help you put those lessons into practice. There's going to be weekly quizzes, which you don't have to do, but if you pass all of them, you'll get a certificate of completion at the end. Um, there'll also be live calls where you'll have your questions answered um, on a video call so that there can be some back and forth discussion. I can say that word back and forth discussion mm. uh, to make things nice and clear. And I believe um, Jasmine will be hosting those lives. I wish my name was Jasmine, which is why Dean said that. You could be, it could be your uh, ul ulterior. Not, no. What's the one we have like a second personality? We always forget. This I name. know. Um, I don't know. I forget the word. Anyways, my second personality. Let's is, just say your alternate personality is Jasmine. The reason that I love the name Jasmine, well, firstly, it's a beautiful name. But when I was younger, I had a serious crush on Aladdin. Yes, the Arab cartoon man that rode on. I'm gonna call you Jezebel. A carpet, and I always wanted to be Jasmine because Jasmine was Aladdin's girlfriend. I would sit in front of the TV, like chin in hands, like, "Oh, Aladdin, you're so dreamy." For those that have uh, watched the movie, not the movie, the series Suits, mm -hmm. would you ever um, embark on a Jasmine Lewis lit escapade? What do you mean? You know, he loves to play Cinderella and he loves to play dress ups. Would you do the Jasmine thing? I'm not into dress ups in the bedroom. <laughs> I'm not into like role play. I've worn an Aladdin suit before this. That's pretty sexy, Dean. You can keep that out of the bedroom. Oh, 75 kegs. Nah. I'm more into maybe birthday suits, not <laughs> Aladdin suits. Uh, nah, I just, I've never... How masculine of you? You know what I like in a woman? A naked one. Don't you naked under those clothes, you slut. Oh, jeez. <laughs> too far? No, never. That's the it's, that's this thing on our phone. <laughs> Apparently, you can go too far and would you rather, because Liz lost followers asking people if they'd rather their partner or their kid die in a car. You know, a car crash. Yeah. Well, you know. yeah. So, most, well, no, we're not gassing them just every <laughs> Most mornings on my personal Instagram, I play a would you rather game. I just put up a poll, you choose A or B. Yeah. And it was, would you rather your partner die in a car accident or your child? And people were so angry. It's a fucking hypothetical you question. Say, I think we need to remind people that these, these aren't real. It's and not going to happen. You don't actually have to choose. If you don't like the question, but just if you did, swipe on, sweetheart. 
Yeah. Yeah. People messaged me like some really angry messages, like, how dare I? And so Did you throw it back at them and say, well, how dare you kill your fucking husband? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah, people unfollowed me. It was great fun. Cool, 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 but that's cool. all right. If people are sensitive, then I'm probably not the person for them. Mm. I'm probably not the Instagram page for them. Um, I'm not saying, though, that we should be sexist and racist and then we should call people sensitive when they get offended by it. That is not at all what I'm saying. And I think people throw around the word uh, snowflake mm. too freely to get away with being discriminative. And so I'm not supporting that. I'm just saying that, like, it's a hypothetical question. It's yeah, I mean, it's a would you rather. It wasn't it? racist or sexist or any sort of ist. So shut the fuck up. Yeah. Cool. Well, on that note. <laughs> I hope to see you as one of my students, guys. Go fuck guys. yourself. Go fuck yourself. I promise not to insult you if you're one of my students. Um, oh, but if you're not one of my students, it is uh, likely that I will insult you. So become one of my students. Cut, gain, maintain, 25, CG, wait. Yeah, CGM25 launches thing. August 9th. Yep. As always, if you've uh, enjoyed this podcast, any part of it, any snippet of it, please share it, tag us, like it, give us a five-star review. Not interested if you only want to give us a four. Don't bother with those. <laughs> Fives only. Fives are above, actually. We're okay with you doctoring your, uh, your preferences <laughs> and lying to the public. And uh, if you're on YouTube, thumbs up. That would be nice. Drop a comment below, ask us a question, and we'll get back to you. See you, everyone. Thanks.